friends, this is the Miked Up IDP podcast, where it's all about the IDP. We are talking individual defensive players, no QBs, no wide receivers, the running backs. They never matter here. And it's all about the defensive tackles, the edge rushers, the big hitting linebackers, and the ball hawking defensive backs. Well, we are at week eight cruising right along in the season and if you can believe it we are just at the halfway point uh how many of you thought we'd even get this far in the season with everything that's going on and i'm just happy we're here um you know a few cases here and there throughout this week but uh doesn't look like any interruptions to any of the games this week so um i think we're we're a go but injuries have just been injuries have just ravaged i think everybody's roster i think at this point it's it's a patchwork. Uh, we're just putting up drywall and and spackle and just kind of piecing together a team and just submitting a lineup and just hopefully hopefully things stick. Um, I know in one of my leagues last year last week uh, SFB uh, I had no running backs. I think I had Todd Gurley and I just I somehow plucked Jeff Wilson off the waiver wire and started him. Uh, but it didn't matter. My team got ravaged anyway. But that's kind of what we're dealing with. We're picking out some ugly players, play, submitting ugly lineups, and just hoping to get through. So uh, let's kick the pod off with the uh, with the Thursday night review. So Thursday was Carolina, the Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, pretty solid game overall. Um, Jeremy Chin just continues to produce. Uh, we are, you know, with, with the bye week, we don't have guys like Buda Baker this week. Um, Jamal Adams is still up in the air, but Jeremy Chin continues to produce uh, another double-digit tackle uh, performance last night and was on the field for about 96% of the snaps. Uh, it does look like the Panthers are running a lot of three safety sets, so I think they're running that about 65 to 70% of the time. Um, and, and Jeremy Chin has been a staple. Uh, I wrote him up as a um, as a rookie to to target in, in IDP leagues for for redraft, and he has not disappointed. I know with the the big dogs like Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit, they got hurt uh, right before the season started. But Jeremy Chin has been utilized pretty much in the box, outside, uh, left side. He's just he's just been everywhere. So yeah, another another ten tackles last night, and has been pretty much one of the top rookie DBs uh, and overall DBs. So uh, just continues to produce uh, another safety. I'll admit I've, I've slept on him this season, uh, but Trey, but Trey Boston, uh, again, another, uh, another productive night. Uh, I think he had eight tackles. He's on a 95 tackle pace. Uh, he's appeared in all 529 defensive snaps for the Panthers. So um, he is someone that just uh, that Carolina trust and isn't, isn't leaving the field. So, couple of things that you like to see from your defensive players uh he didn't get a sack but brian burns had a had quite a few pressures um had a few solid plays where he was in matt ryan's face quite a bit finished with a, a near 17 percent pressure rate um didn't have too much help but still managed a few pressures throughout the day uh there was no year to gross matos um just doesn't have much help on the defensive line but still is managing to play 80 percent of the snaps um, and is just trying to get to the quarterback as, as much as possible. Uh, Deion Jones, decent game, uh, six tackles, 
uh, involved in getting to the quarterback, nine pass rush snaps, generated four pressures, uh, had a sack and two additional quarterback hits. So he was really all around the quarterback um, last night, but a, a solid game. Uh, Dante Fowler, way, way off uh, his 2019 pace, but got a second sack, second sack of the season. Um you know, he, like I said, recorded a sack, got a 17% pressure rate last night or in Thursday night. Uh, so can we hope for a strong finish to the season? You know, obviously we can we can hope, right? Um, so there's just kind of a few things I noticed from, from the Thursday night game between uh, the Panthers and the Falcons. So we shall move on to the uh, to the injury news and uh, and some notes. So one of the big dogs, uh, Jamal Adams, um, Belief has been limited, um, so he is listed as questionable. So he didn't. He's, he doesn't have. Uh, a, a, do not practice. I don't think he's coming in as doubtful, but he is coming in as questionable. Um, so that will be. He probably is going to be the dreaded game time decision. Um, if he does miss, if you're Jamal Adams owner, I might pick up Ryan Neal as kind of my handcuff. Um, I've put in Ryan, Ryan Neal as my, my DB 14, four games of 12 or more fantasy points and is recording a 10.2% tackle rate, uh, and 0.23 points per snap. So if he's on your wire and you're an Adams owner, you might want to try to get him if you can. Um, Leak Jackson of the Eagles, um, Philly's interior lineman limited. I really hope he suits up because I think he's really played well. Um, He's kind of made Javon Hargrave an afterthought on the on the defensive interior, so um, I'm hoping he goes. Uh, Quan Alexander, I think, has been ruled out or at least doubtful, uh, so it is another drain Greenlaw week. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, limited on Wednesday, got in a full practice Thursday, so it looks like he's good to go. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, um, I believe he got a, a tweak of a knee, so that caused him to to miss some practice, and he got an MRI. He hasn't been ruled out, um, but those in cornerback required leagues might want to have a backup ready. And then this week we had a few couple of couple of big trades. Um, Carlos Dunlop uh, finally relieved and, and freed from Cincinnati. He lands in Seattle, um, so Seattle has become the potential destination spot for every defensive end who is on the market or is a free agent. So the defensive ends going to, to Seattle is, is become the uh, every wide receiver to the New England Patriots. So, but Carlos Dunlop, this one has gone through. Um, I think he's going to be one of their lone pass rushing threats. We'll see if he has uh, any gas left in that tank. Uh, his pass rush rate has been down, got displaced by Carl Lawson. Um, so he couldn't really get many snaps, even with Sam Hubbard on IR. But I think this is a good spot. Uh, like I said, we'll see if he has any gas left in the tank. I think he's got a chance to be productive uh, playing alongside Jerron Reed, uh, Damon Harrison when he becomes active. He will not be able to play. He won't be eligible this week just due to the uh, the COVID protocols. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait till week nine to kind of see how he's used in the defense. And then Everson Griffin uh, traded from... Uh, the Cowboys to the Lions. So this is going to help ease some attention on Trey Flowers. Uh, puts a little bit of damper on Romeo Aquar's uh, his push. Uh, could see kind of a three-man rotation. Um, but I think Detroit really likes what Aquara has been doing. So 
Um, hopefully some of his snaps won't get limited and maybe it's a bit of Flowers and Griffin, but um, could see a three-man rotation. But we'll have to, again, much like Carlos Dunlop, uh, Griffin has to go through some COVID protocols, so he will be available beginning week nine. Um, and then in some other news on the Dallas defensive line front, uh, Datari Poe was released. Uh, so a name to kind of keep in the back of your mind uh, will be Neville Gallimore. Um, uh, Neville Gallimore. So there's going to be some snaps to go around on that interior line. So again, more of a rotation, but uh, that's going to be a name to kind of tuck back in your memory banks. And then, so that's kind of the news and notes. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the tackles issued by uh, by Stat Cruz this week to hopefully help shape some some uh, lineup decisions. As I've always said, if you have Bobby Wagner in your lineup, it doesn't matter. He could play on the moon. Um, start him. Doesn't matter. Uh, you're you're going to start Bobby Wagner anywhere. The moon, uh, Saturn, Mars, Milky Way, black holes. Doesn't matter. Uh, but the Indianapolis Colts... Um, will be hosting the Bengals. Uh, the crew at Lucas Oil Stadium definitely favors the solo. Uh, they're first in solos issued. And if you're the first person to the ball, you're likely going to get credit for the tackle. The tackle. Um, they Apparently, they don't have time to, uh, to issue assists. So uh, in week six, Indy's crew, out of the 42 tackles that were given to the Bengals, 38 were solos. And, uh, and for the Colts, out of the 63 tackles that Indy had accumulated, 53 were solos. So uh, Indianapolis is tops with solos. Uh, in terms of next, uh, we've got the Bears. Uh, the, the, soldier crew the Soldier Field crew definitely favors the solo, issuing the third most per tackle opportunity. On the last game at Soldier Field, um, the, uh, the Bears crew issued 40 solos to just 8 assists to the Bears and... 34 solos and 17 assists to the away team. So this could be a, a pretty good game for Demario Davis and Roquan Smith, uh, both guys who I like this week. Uh, Buffalo's stat crew, who has always had a reputation for just giving away tackles, uh, kind of uh, coincidental that it's Halloween weekend. So they issue the tackles like it's that they're just giving away, giving away Halloween candy. Uh, the, the Buffalo crew is issuing the fifth most solos per opportunity and are 20th in assists. So, uh, the crew at Bill stadium issued 30 solos to, to KC and 56 solos to the home team in week six. Um, I like Tremaine Edmonds this week, Jordan Poyer and Adrian Phillips are in good matchups. So I definitely like them as well. Um, next up and last, uh, that I'll be talking about is the crew at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, the Kansas City crew, the seventh most solos per opportunity uh, and our 30th in assists. So the last time uh, there was a game at Arrowhead of the 44 tackles the, the Raiders produced, the Kansas City crew issued 38 solos, a bit more favorable to the home team. Um, 62 tackles for Kansas City that game, 40 were solos, but 22 were assists. So... Um, if so with the home team, if anybody in Kansas City is around the ball, it looks like they're, you know, they're a little bit more favorable. Um, in terms of the bottom in solos issued, uh, the Cleveland Browns, the crew at first energy is 30th in solos issued, but fourth in assists. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the crew at Paul Brown is 29th 
in solos issued and sixth in assists. So I'm still targeting Jayon Braun. I think he has a good matchup, but you might see kind of one of those one-to-one solo to assist ratio type games. So if, if Braun has nine tackles, you're probably going to look at a five, four type game. If he's got, if he does hit double debt, double digit tackles, you could see like a six, four game. Uh, Seattle, the crew at Century Link, they're 27th in solos issued per opportunity and 18th in assists. And lastly, we have the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the crew at the Big Crab Cake, 26th in solos and 8th in assists. So uh, if you're kind of teetering towards, um, you know, towards who, someone to start, kind of keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, just some interesting news and notes um, and uh, and how the stadium crews issue tackles. Um so that's it for the news and notes and some in the Thursday night review. So next up, we are going to take a look at the week eight IDP rankings. So with uh, week eight in view for the rankings, we are going to look at uh, at least this week. I'm going to go a little deeper and I'm going to go look at 15. So I'm going to go a little deeper in the rankings. I'm going to look at the top 15 uh, defensive linemen. So just be a one week. Uh, next week, I'll go back to do it looking at top 10, but for this week, I'll go a little deeper and I'll divulge my top 15. So top 15 defensive linemen, number one, Miles Garrett against the Raiders. Number two, Aaron Donald against the Dolphins. Number three, Joey Bosa against the Denver Broncos. Number four, Frank Clark against the New York Jets. Number five, Cameron Jordan against the Chicago Bears. Number six, Demarcus Lawrence against the Philadelphia Eagles. Number seven, Jason Pierre-Paul against the New York Giants. Number eight, Alden Smith against the Philadelphia Eagles. Number nine, Justin Houston against the Detroit Lions. Number 10, he played last night and probably will not finish within the top 10, and that is Brian Burns. Number 11, Chris Jones against the New York Jets. Number 12, Calais Campbell against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 13, Brandon Graham against the Dallas Cowboys. Number 14, Cameron Hayward against the Baltimore Ravens. Rounding out the top 15, we have Kerry Hyder against the Seattle Seahawks. A um, few of the matchups that I like, um, just kind of looking looking through. Um, we have Frank Clark uh, against the Jets. So hear me out. I know Clark's production has kind of been lacking. Um, he's got just three sacks. His pressure rate is less than 10%, but I think he has a get-right uh, matchup here with the Jets, and I think that should really allow him to kind of get back on track. Um, he should match up on Mekhi Becton if he is active for most of his snaps. I know he was on the injury report. Uh, if Becton doesn't play, I think uh, either way, I think he's still in a good spot. Either way, Clark is in a good spot. Uh, Becton struggled last week with Jerry Hughes, and I think he could have issues with, with Clark this week. Um, I could see the Jets passing all day just to kind of keep pace with the Chiefs, so uh, I think Becton's going to be on his heels with, with Clark. Um, you know, Last week allowed two sacks, four total pressures, so I can see a, a real good game from Freight Clark. Uh, next up, we have Cameron Jordan against uh, the Bears and Bobby Massey. Uh, coming out of the bye, the Saints need Jordan to produce. Although he didn't have a sack, generated a 12% pressure rate last week, um, but they definitely need him to pick up his sacks and his production. Uh, as of right now, through the 2020 season, his pressure rate is a tick above 10%. He is producing enough tackles to warrant him being a weekly starter, uh, but like I said, I like the matchup on Bobby Massey. Massey's allowed two sacks in the last three games. 
has been responsible for three quarterback hits and 16 total quarterback pressures. So um, I, I like Cameron Jordan in a, in a good matchup, uh, potential matchup against Massey and the Bears. Next up, we have Justin Houston against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Houston moves around the line, so he doesn't necessarily stay on one side of the field. Um, when they're in nickel and dime fronts, he should find himself matched up on Terrell Crosby and could shift inside a little bit to match up over, and I'm going to totally butcher this name, but he could match over, match up over Hala Pulivaiti Vite. Uh, combined, those two have allowed four sacks and 16 total pressures. Um, Houston has been a bit dinged up, uh, limped into the bye week with a 7.3% pressure rate. Uh, didn't help that he produced just two total pressures in the two games leading up to the bye, but like I said, he's been dinged up. I think this is, uh, I think hopefully he used the, the bye week as a chance to kind of get himself a little healthier. And I do like the matchup this week with the Lions. Um, sleeper, um, Carlos, or uh, I'm sorry, Carl Lawson against the Bengals. Um, nope, start over. Um, we are at the four-minute mark, about the 419 mark, so we're going to start over in three, two, one. Sleeper I like is Carl Lawson of uh, the Bengals. Should be matching up against Ty Sombrello of the Titans. Um, I think a blow-up game is on is on the horizon for Lawson, and I think it could be this week. Uh, Sombrello had a solid game against Pittsburgh, but struggled against Houston the previous week. Um, I think he's just going to have his hands full with Lawson. Lawson is is a good, wiry, stringy edge rusher, bends well, um, and just knows how to get to the quarterback is real quick. Uh, he's generating a 13.5% pressure rate um, and has three and a half sacks and four quarterback hits. So he's one of those guys, if if he gets past you, he's he's just a missile to the quarterback. So I like Carl Lawson as a, a potential sleeper this week. So those are the defensive linemen. Next up, we are going to look at the top 15 linebackers. Number one, we have, hopefully, a returning Darius Leonard against the Lions. Number two, Bobby Wagner against the 49ers. Number three, Blake Martinez against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Rokon Smith against the Saints, Devin White against the Giants, Eric Kendricks against the Green Bay Packers, Levante David against the Giants, uh, Demario Davis against the Bears, number nine, Fred Warner against the Seahawks, number 10, Leighton Vander Esch against the Eagles, number 11 is his sidekick Jalen Smith against the Eagles, number 12, who I Probably will not finish within the top 12. Uh, Fusade Alokun against the Panthers. Number 13 was Shaq Thompson. We'll see where he slots in. I had him at 13 uh, against the Eagle or against the Falcons. Number 14, Corey Littleton against the Browns. And then rounding out the top 15 was Deion Jones against the Carolina Panthers. So a few of the matchups I like this week at the linebacker position. Uh, Devin White uh, against the Giants. Um, you know what can you say? White has just—he's been a producer this this season, um, especially over the last few weeks. Uh, I know some of you were thinking of dropping him after a few duds, and I know no one asked me to drop him, but I see the Twitter timeline. I see what's going on. Uh, but he's responded with line with games where he's finishes the LB three and LB one. 
Uh, he's recording 0.28 points per snap and a 13.6% tackle rate. Beginning to the QB a little bit more, he's got three or more pressures in three straight games and four sacks in the last two weeks. The Giants are allowing a sack per game and 18 tackles per game to the linebacker position. So Devin White certainly in a really good uh, matchup uh, this week. Next up, uh, I like Roquan Smith's matchup with the Saints. Um, never mind the fact that he's recorded seven or more tackles in four straight weeks. He's just been really, just really solid. Uh, he should be busy covering Jared Cook, uh, tracking Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's recording a 12.2% tackle rate, and the Saints are allowing 26 tackles a game to the linebacker position. So uh, another really good matchup for Roquan Smith this week. Uh, next up, Fred Warner against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Warner is on track for a career year. Um, although he doesn't have any sacks, he's already recorded two interceptions and is on pace for 130 tackles, which would be a career high. Uh, he's producing a 14% tackle rate and has a good matchup with Seattle this week. Uh, inside linebackers are averaging 15 tackles a game against Seattle. So really good spot for Warner. Um, Keep an eye, especially if Chris Carson plays. Um, you know, he could be, you know, if they decide to, that Carson is good to go, you know, Warner could see quite a few tackle opportunities. Um, and then my sleeper, um, someone who could sneak into the top 10 this week, I think, is Jayon Brown. Uh, Brown has five straight games of double-digit fantasy points and is coming off a week where he finished as the LB2 overall in scoring. Um, I think a potential repeat is in store this week against the Bengals. Pretty good matchup, so I like Jayon Brown as a potential sleeper. Uh, next up with the rankings, we are going to look at the DB position. And at number one, we have Jordan Poyer against the Patriots. Number two, I had Jeremy Chin ranked uh, I had Jeremy Chin as two against the Falcons. Number three, a returning Mike Hilton against the Ravens. Number four, Marlon Humphrey against the Steelers. Number five, uh, we'll see if he finishes top five, but potential top 10, top 15 finish, uh, Keanu Neal uh, against the Panthers. Number six, Malcolm Butler against the Bengals. Number seven, John Johnson against the Dolphins. Number eight, Jesse Bates against the Titans. Number nine, Brian Poole against the Chiefs. Number 10, Von Bell against the Titans. Number 11, Logan Ryan against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Number 12, Jonathan Abram against the Browns. Number 13, Pierre Desir against the Chiefs. Number 14, Ryan Neal against the 49ers. And rounding out the top 15, Chuck Clark against the Steelers. Just a note with Ryan Neal. His ranking is pretty much predicated, determined on what happens with Jamal Adams. If Jamal Adams is active, obviously Ryan Neal is going to disappear from the rankings, and I would have Jamal Adams uh, as a top one, top two DB this week. So um, that's kind of my uh, caveat for uh, Ryan Neal this week. But with some of the matchups at defensive back that I like, um, I think Malcolm Butler is a cornerback, I think, who has emerged from the stream, and you can consider him not only a weekly starter in cornerback-required leagues, but even DB general leagues as well. In those DB general leagues, he's the DB7 in overall scoring, and since the bye week, uh, has three 
games of 15 or more fantasy points and is producing 0.23 points per snap. So um, Malcolm Butler, I think you can start weekly in really any type of format. Uh, next up, we have Ronnie Harrison against the Raiders, who I think could be uh, who, who could be a sneaky top 10. Um, kind of a look at as a, a potential sleeper. This game is going to be sloppy. Weather's expected to be poor, windy, rainy, typical Cleveland winter, typical Cleveland uh, November day. Um, Harrison has two straight games with big plays, including a pick six and a sack, uh, coming off of a nine tackle game in week seven. Uh, since coming from Jacksonville, he's spending about 66% of his snaps up on the line of scrimmage. Um, and the Raider offense is allowing 13 tackles per game to the safety position, so good matchup. Uh, Jesse Bates against the Titans. He's the deep safety, but continues to produce IDP numbers. Uh, last week was actually his first week that he failed to produce double-digit fantasy points. Um, even though he's deep, he's producing a 10% tackle rate, which is a pretty solid rate for defensive back, and he's making a play on the ball 50% of the time he's thrown at. Uh, the Titans are allowing 14 tackles a game to the safety position, um, which is also includes about an average of about 10 solos. So I think Bates and uh, Von Bell are in good spots this week, um, mainly because the Bengal linebackers are horrible. So um, I like Bates and Von, both Von, both Bates and Von Bell. And again, uh, another sleeper, I like Adrian Phillips as a potential top 15 safety this week against Buffalo. Um, he's efficient when he's on the field, 15.3% tackle rate, uh, and has 42 tackles on the season. Over the last two games, he's recorded 18 tackles, and the Bills' offense um, is funneling and allowing 15 tackles a game to the safety position. So um, I think if you have Adrian Phillips, I think you can start him as a pretty, so pretty sneaky DB2, DB3. So those are the IDP ranks. Next up, we are going to look at the cornerback streamers for Week 8. Uh, first up, I like Nickel Roby Coleman uh, of the Eagles going, ag going against Dallas. Um, he should find himself playing, you know, he's finding himself playing more outside. Um, over the last two games, he's played 99 snaps as an outside corner. Um, really, especially, uh, really after spending a lot of his snaps on the, uh, as a slot, uh, spent all of his snaps on the right side of uh, on the outside in week six and moved around a little bit more in week seven. So I think he could see both Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Um, so the only really question is, can former good fella uh, Ben DiNucci get him the ball? Uh, even if DiNucci slings it, you have interception upside this week. So um, Nickel Roby Coleman been targeted 29 times. So possible if he gets Gallup and Cooper he can draw six to eight targets this week next up I like Nevin Lawson um, with Odell Beckham out for the year uh, Lawson could find himself matched up on uh, Baker Mayfield's best friend in Richard Hollywood Higgins Higgins drew six targets last week uh, and Lawson has been thrown at th 23 times this season so um, if he finds himself on Higgins you know, could be potentially looking at about seven targets, eight targets. So uh, that'll definitely put him in some uh, a pretty good production, a pretty good volume to produce this week. Uh, next up, Jonathan jo Jonathan Jones, cornerback uh, of the Patriots against the Bills. I think Jones should draw Beasley in coverage for most of the day. Um, I think while Stefan Diggs and John Brown get all the publicity, 
Beasley just quietly produces and draws targets. Uh, he saw 12 targets last week and has six or more targets in three straight games. So Jones has been thrown at 40 times and he's allowing a 60% completion rate. Um, Beasley is catching 80% of the passes that are thrown his way. So definite tackle upside with Jonathan Jones against Buffalo. And last up, we have Emmanuel Mosley of the 49ers against the Seahawks. This one is shaping up to be a shootout. Uh, Chris Carson dinged up, questionable, could play. Um, but I think Russell Wilson could lean on his receiving weapons this week. Uh, Mosley been thrown at 27 times and is making a play on the ball 27% of the time he's thrown at. Uh, Matt Kaff has been targeted 44 times, so if he spends... Uh, a good portion of his coverage routes on DK. Mosley is going to have a very busy day. So those are the cornerback streamers I like for week eight. So that puts the stamp on week eight. Uh, Halloween is this weekend. So please, I implore you, implore you, don't be the parent who gives out candy corn, notepads or pennies. Give out the good stuff if you do have trick-or-treating, if your neighborhood is trick-or-treating. Um, so please, no candy corn. Be nice to the kids. Uh, as always, check out my work at 4 for 4. We have, uh, as always, my IDP waiver wire suggestions for week 8. Uh, the week 8 IDP ranks, which will be updated throughout the weekend. And be sure to check out my wide receiver versus cornerback matchups uh, as you decide who to start or if you play Daily Fantasy. As, and as always, check out the fantastic content at 444 from all of our fantastic writers and contributors. We have John Paulson's scary accurate ranks and projections, as well as the sneaky starts for week eight. Uh, we have George Criticos's week eight rundown. Justin Edwards also has your offensive line matchups to exploit. So that's always a fantastic read. So that is it. Have a great weekend. Be sure to turn your clocks back an hour if you do so happen to celebrate daylight saving time ending. Um, enjoy your extra hour of sleep. And as always, hope your week eight lineups are all optimal and stay classy IDP Nation. We will see you next week. This has been a production of the Big Three Network. 